Hi, and welcome to Forest of the Future, the podcast series where we look into how innovation in FSC can help save our forests. In this series, we explore how innovation, especially within tech tools, but also more broadly, can help us protect our forests and support the mission of FSC, which is to ensure responsible management of our forests worldwide. In this episode, we move on with our small series of three podcasts, which focus on the newly launched FSC Global Strategic Plan. Today's episode is also a bit different from other episodes that you perhaps listened to in the past, because much of what you will be listening to today isn't an interview done by me. Instead, it's the audio from the launch event about the strategy held on December 9, 2020. In today's episode, we focus on the concept of co-creation, which is a key element in the new strategy. But first, let's just recap what the strategy actually aims to achieve. Currently, in 2020, FSC has roughly 220 million hectares certified to its standards. This has been achieved over a period of more than 25 years. The aim of this strategy is that by 2026, in just five years, 300 million hectares must be certified to FSC. So it took us 25 years to get to the 220 million, and in just five years, we have to add an additional 80 million hectares of forest. Inside this area, FSC will double certification of natural tropical forests and areas managed by smallholders, communities, and indigenous people to a total of 50 million hectares. The rationale is that by achieving these goals, FSC solutions will indisputably have helped halt deforestation, grow the world's forest area, and improve its quality. To accelerate in this way means that FSC under the new strategy also has to develop new solutions for forest conservation as well as restoration of degraded or converted areas to more natural conditions. And what does all of this mean more specifically? Well, the strategy has three pillars. The first pillar is strategy one, which is called co-create and implement forest solutions. The core of this part of the strategy is to invigorate how certification works and who we work with. The aim is, of course, to drive the spread of forest stewardship by making it more attractive, more user-friendly and more viable for potential users. This part of the strategy also has a strong emphasis on protecting our integrity and demonstrating impact through the use of modern technology. And it also has to utilize co-creation with our members and partners to develop solutions for forest-related challenges. The second pillar, strategy two, aims at transforming markets. In this pillar, we want to work to increase the market uptake of FSC. The aim is to ensure greater value of certification to certificate holders because we believe that this will bring more impact on the ground by ensuring that more forests get certified. And it will of course also be us playing our part in the journey towards shifting our economy towards being more bio-based, low-carbon and circular. This is another area where we will rely deeply on partnerships with market actors to enhance and satisfy the demand for certified products and services. And as a result, it's another area with the need for co-creation of solutions. And finally, we have pillar three to catalyze change. 
Now, over the last years, FSC has really ramped up our efforts of collaborations with diverse organizations and stakeholders with the aim that we want to increase the recognition of the value and benefits of forests and of FSC's role as the most credible validation of forest stewardship. The examples that you will hear in this episode are perfect examples of these kind of new collaborations and co-creations. Under Strategy 3, we set goals for how we want to expand and invigorate our partnerships and alliances as sufficient ways to contribute to global agendas and boost results on the ground. The aim is of course to deliver on our mission and create results for our members and partners, but it's also important for us not to increase the burden on our certificate holders. And thus we're yet again back at the concept of co-creation because this will require new thinking and new solutions. And perhaps you're now needing us to be a bit more specific about what co-creation actually is and what a real life project under this concept would look like. Luckily, that's exactly what today's guest had a conversation about. I'll let John Ramsey, who was the facilitator at the launch event, introduce. So I'd like to invite Pina Gavassi and Walter Vergara to join me to talk about co-creation and innovation, which features very strongly in the strategy. Pina is FSC's International Client Change Director and was previously the Regional Director for Latin America. She'll be talking with Walter Vergara who is a forest and climate expert and is senior fellow at the World Resources Institute that leads the program called 20 by 20. He's written extensively on climate issues in the Latin American region. Welcome to both of you. Thank you, glad to be here. Tina, ever since the foundation days, FSC has been set apart from other organizations by its membership comprised of individuals and organizations with a common dream, sometimes very different perspectives. And that gave great strength to its development of a gold standard certification program. But now it seems to me from the strategy that FSC is really beginning to to come forward with the realization that its ability to embrace and work with a wide variety of players is a strength in itself, not just a feature or a value. Is that one of the themes in the strategy that you see? That is right. I think that the strategy has very strong focus on the issue of co-creation as a key element that connect not only climate change benefits, but also link other new potential solutions such as restoration, climate change mitigation, forest resilience. And I think that the key role of FSC as a facilitator of these connections and co-creating these new solutions will definitely increase our climate impact in the future. Just say a little bit more about that, Pina, because people might say, we've always worked with other people. What's different about this? I want to highlight our engagement with Initiative 20 by 20, and Walter Vergara will talk more about that. But these platforms have allowed FSC to engage with different sectors, such as the investment sector, and also position our tools, the principles and criteria that have been the gold standard for certification in the world, but also new innovative tools, such as the ecosystem services procedure that is now being featured and recognized, for example, in the green bond principles for sustainable investment, in the carbon neutrality protocol 
as a proof of social and environmental power benefits beyond carbon. Thanks for that. You mentioned the WRI 20 by 20 process. Walter, tell us a bit about that. Yes, Jan. I'm very happy to talk about 20 by 20 and the involvement of you guys in it. 20 by 20 is a country-led initiative in Latin America to change the dynamics of land degradation in the region. It has a short-term goal of achieving restoration, including 30 million hectares into agreements of the, uh, into um, commitments to the Paris Agreement. It also has a longer-term goal to help achieve carbon neutrality in the region through actions on forests and land use in general. Uh, that's the initiative at large. It includes 25 impact investors that have pledged about $3 billion to assist process of restoration of the region. It includes 85 technical partners and it works on 18 countries. I think I heard you say at one stage when we were prepping for this, that there were more investors than projects. Is that, did I hear that right? Yes, that's correct. We have seen that risk capital is not the obstacle. There are nuances to it, but there is enough capital to invest in restoration, in reforestation, in landscape management. The real obstacle is the availability of a robust portfolio of projects, of investment-ready activities that can be undertaken by these investors. And in that sense, we do need a number of activities around a project, what makes it investable. And one of them is the ability to monitor and certify progress. And that's why the involvement of you guys is so important in the initiative. Pina, I know that we're working with um, WRI on a couple of projects. Can you tell us a, a little about how that goes? Yes, we joined Initiative 20 by 20 in late 2019. Since then, we have worked together with WRI and other partners on delivering these solutions, in particular for governments and the impact investment sector. Now, most of the impact investment funds that participate in 20 by 20 are featuring FSC as a criteria for investment. And we have also identified the needs to engage with other types of sectors where we have not been traditionally very present, such as the sector of incubation and acceleration of businesses connected to, to nature-based solutions. We work together this year and we launch a platform called Innovature, which is a matchmaking platform connecting businesses from smallholders and communities to investors and markets. And it was a very interesting exercise. We received more than 150 business ideas where we selected 30 and then 15 of them be supported directly connecting them with technical support, technical partners, investors, markets, but also with a very strong focus on engaging civil society. 50% of the persons that participated that were around 500 were women. And also 50% of these people aged between 18 and 30 years old. 
which also talks about the increasing interest on forests as a solution for climate change, but also as a driver for development. Because most of the projects were also very small scale. So one of the challenges I think for the investment sector is how to escalate these very small scale projects to something that can actually reflect the needs for investment that in some of the cases are quite big. And as Walter said, we did that because we understand that the lack of projects is a huge hiccup now for the investment world. And of course, we do that in this ecosystem with share value of these organizations that share our mission. And I think that we can create much more impact doing that in that way. How big are these projects? Because I get the impression that these are not huge investments. What sort of scale of investments are we talking about here? It was very diverse. We talk about investments from $15,000 to half a million dollars, all from Latin America, Mexico, Colombia, Peru, and Ecuador mostly. Some of them connected to conservation purely, but forests, other projects connected to forest management, but also increasingly interesting, many of them connected to the provision and maintenance of ecosystem services, such as carbon, water, and ecotourism. Walter, you mentioned briefly how the kind of part that FSC can play in that. Is the Innovature project closely bound up with the WRI project? I see it's called 20 by 20. I presume there's a 25 by 25 out there as well. Let me start by that. The, the initiative was launched in 2014 at the COP20 in Lima. And six countries got together and said, we, we would like to commit ourselves to initiate the restoration process on 20 million hectares by 2020. Then we reached the 20 million hectares in 2019, and we are now close to 25 million hectares. So at COP25 in Madrid, the ministers met again, and they upped the commitment of 20 by 20 to what I just told you, 30 million hectares in the NDCs, the commitments to the Paris Agreement by 2030, and 50 million hectares in total. Now, should we change the name? <laughs> no, uh, we decided not to after consulting with the executive committee and, and the governments because Tony by Tony has already a label. It, it, it was judged not convenient to do it. But the new commitment of 20 by 20 is to initiate restoration of 50 million hectares by 2030. And it has a long-term goal of 250 million hectares by mid-century which is a level judged to be enough to shift the economies of the region toward carbon neutrality. And this emphasizes a very important point. Latin American carbon footprint is 57% land use and forests play an important role there. Now, I want also to refer very quickly to the fact that the impact investors linked to 20 by 20 have strict safeguards in environment and social issues. And also that projects that we entertain that are part of the community of projects under the umbrella of 20 by 20 have to adhere to these very strict environmental social safeguards. For instance, we do not work on exotics and we only support projects in heterogeneous systems. But the mechanism to get there, to link risk capital, 
with a portfolio are very important. And a in critical dimension of that process is the ability to monitor, the ability to say in a transparent manner, yes, what I have sold to my stakeholders, what I'm doing under 20 by 20 can be verified. And that's why partners like you play such an important role in 20 by 20. Now, there are many mechanisms. You ask about the size of the projects. We have projects that are $100 million, <laughs> very large projects. We have projects that are 1.4 million hectares. And we have projects that are smaller, much smaller in the realm of a few thousand hectares. But this variety of investments and approaches is linked by the commonality to use as a sustainable approach that is very guarded in terms of environment and social issues. As context, 20 by 20 has five windows of action in the landscapes. Reforestation, natural and assisted, avoided deforestation, landscape management, grassland restoration, and low carbon agriculture. So the commonality here is actions on land and also actions that will revert into a climate benefit, economic and social benefit. Remember that I just mentioned Latin America's carbon footprint is highly dependent on land use actions. 57% of all greenhouse gases comes from land, but also 50% of all the employment in the region outside of large metropolitan areas is linked to forestry and agriculture. And 13% of the total global market for foodstuffs comes from Latin America. So the context is climate, but there is also a large overtone on social and environmental issues. Now, in order to meet those requirements, we need a transparent process. We need monitoring system that answers key questions. Are we achieving what is intended on climate, on employment, on other environmental issues? And the actions by partners like yours help answer those questions to the community, but more importantly, to the outside. Because yes, we say <clears throat> we have achieved the goals, initial goals, now we have more ambitious goals enacted by the ministers at COP25. In order to get, we need to be able to say in a transparent manner, yes, we are achieving those results. And FSC, we count on FSC and others, associated to the partnership to deliver the answers on those questions. Pina, I'd quite like to hear about how we feel as FSC uh, bound into that. Do we think that Walter's requirements for different kinds of monitoring, different kinds of measurement fit in with our work? I believe we already have in our system tools that can be used for restoration such, of course, our principles and criteria and the ecosystem services procedure. Uh, and I think we are the only organization that is now offering to the market a verification of positive impacts. And that relates to the issue of monitoring and evaluation, gathering data, because with that, we can understand what was the baseline, what, what was the status of these ecosystem services, 
in another time before FSC and how these ecosystem services are being maintained over time through FSC. And I think this is a very powerful tool for the corporate sector, for governments and investors. Okay, let me just pause them there for a second. Because if you're anything like me, you will need them to be a bit more specific about what we actually mean when we say co-creation. Luckily, John had the exact same need for clarification. Can we just have a question for clarification? I'm sorry to drive us back into linguistics, but what does the word co-creation mean? How is it different from collaboration? I can maybe respond that through telling you, for example, with Innovature, how the three strategies within the global strategy are interdependent and interconnected. And to me, that's only possible through co-creation. So we start to design what process we need to have at the end of the day, rather than putting just our tools available to something. For me, that's to co-create, to discuss, to agree, to put together the tools, but also to design the best way to use these tools. So in the case of Innovature, I think we have a perfect sample on the connection of the three strategies. First of all, and the key strategy one, which is the one connected to co-create and implement forest-related solutions. Through our standards, we are already putting in the market some of these solutions. And we want to co-create more of them connected, for example, to restoration, landscape management, climate change adaptation, forest resilience, and others. And this links also with the second strategy, which is a strategy on how FSC also gets positioned on transforming markets, adding value to these markets, not only through tangible products, but also through the inclusion of ecosystem services. So we are delivering that through making these links with other organizations that, for example, relate product technology, innovation, which are sectors or segments that we haven't been really engaged in the past, but we are doing it now and also through partners. And the third strategy, which is the strategy that catalyzes change. In particular, we see that happening through Innovation and 20 by 20, when we have the chance to discuss with governments and investors how they can better use the tools we are providing. Mm. Pina, I've heard you talk about the ecosystem of nature-based solutions. Tell us a little more about that. I think that the implementation of the strategy and the release of nature-based solutions that could fight against climate change need these different dimensions and organizations working for the same goal and that can co-create these solutions together. And if I put the way that I see the role of FSC in this ecosystem, we deliver forest solutions. We have always been very good at that. We also have a role on transforming markets because our chain of custody and our markets in the product with the FSC label are now recognized, but there is something missing there. We need to also connect with this new generation of entrepreneurs, with communities that want to identify what nature-based solutions they can implement at the scale they can implement, and also with the goal of social and, and economic development. And then if we talk about the ecosystem and the dimensions, then we talk about science, we talk about 
the need for education and capacity building. We also talk about how different organizations communicate these positive impacts of, for example, good forest management, how we can actually become more relevant in discussions about regenerative economy, circular economy, how we connect with government platforms that are now promoting, for example, bioeconomy and products coming from responsible sources, and how we finally tell all of these to consumers and civil society. So to me, this ecosystem is a kind of phased and interaction of dimensions and organizations that have the same goal and work together to deliver these, these solutions to the world. It strikes me, uh, Peter, that this is, for obvious reasons, an initiative which is restricted at the moment to Latin America. Are there similar ideas or similar organizations with whom we plan to work around the world? Yes. We first focus in Latin America because we had there the major amount of ecosystem services projects. It was easier for us to position these projects with investors through 20 by 20. But we see increasing opportunities in Africa through the similar organization as 20 by 20 called African 100, which has a strong focus on promoting restoration and also on connecting project level, let's say, initiatives with investors. So we plan to expand our outreach also to Africa through African 100. Uh, and also working in the other regions, for example, in Europe, where we identify the needs of connecting with sustainable investment. Most of the impact investment funds are based and located in Europe and in the United States. So I would say that the work that we do through 20 by 20 is a global initiative and not only a Latin American initiative. If we see that from that point of view, where investors in Europe, the US, Asia Pacific uh, are looking for these platforms to really get connected with projects. And I think that the main challenge, as I mentioned before, is also the size and scale. We want to support tropical forests. We want to support indigenous peoples and local communities. But many times these projects do not have the qualities, let's say, for an impact investor to address their investment needs. So I think this is another sector that we are actually also engaging with this sector of startup support, even crowdfunding for small projects. Thanks very much for that, Pina. How are you trapping the lessons learned from these projects and how will that get shared around the place for the greatest success? Great question. We're working on a business model catalog, which is basically an answer to what you just asked. How do we publicize what has been successful in the marketplace? An emphasis on the marketplace because we're working on things that are sustainable over the long term, no need for subsidies. How do you achieve that? Well, there are mechanisms to do it in the marketplace. But to your question, yes, there is a, a great emphasis on trying to collect information on what has been achieved and disseminate that. One example, beyond the projects is our study on policies. This is an assessment of what has worked in terms of policies at the regional level in different countries, what has worked, what hasn't, and it is the subject of a publication. You can access to it in the website. 
You can also see in the website a number of materials that are deriving information from the experience with these 195 projects. One example is a, a study on the economics of restoration. This study shows the different types of revenues that can come through restoration in different landscapes with different modes of operation. Finally, we are making a major effort to scale up successful business models. So we have already selected a number of projects that excel at a certain scale, typically a few thousand hectares. And we are providing through Initiative 20 by 20 and some other resources, the means by which these projects can design a order of magnitude scale up. So there are many examples. We are trying already to disseminate that information. We count on you as well to help us make the case. Thank you very much. Tina, I'll ask you one final question. Where do you think this whole initiative in co-creation, in innovation is going to be in three or four years or five years time? I'm, I'm constantly thinking on behalf of the people who are listening to this, how they will know there's a difference being made. I think that I will feel very happy and my dream will be that we can actually support more of these small scale projects in high impact areas, not only in Latin America, but also in Africa and Asia Pacific. I would also love to have closer connections with the investment world and for all scales of projects, not only for big scale projects, and also not connected to planting trees only, but also connected to conservation of tropical forests, natural re regeneration, etc. And finally, we want to see the value of ecosystem services inserted in the value of nature investments. Still a big challenge that investors really consider the costs of ecosystem services in their de-risking strategies together with the financial sector, for example. So I think that we can work together on that very well with WRI and Initiative 20 by 20 and the other partners. Thanks very much. Thank you to both of you. That's been really interesting and a good drill down into that little bit of the, of the strategy. That is it. I hope this gives you a glimpse into how FSC can find, test and develop solutions with other organizations through using co-creation to ensure that more forests globally get certified and managed sustainably. In the next episode of this series of three, we will dive into what this means for smallholders and indigenous peoples. But before we get to that last episode of this small mini-series, I actually have another episode which I can't wait to share with you. So I'll pause this series and throw in a new one. We are launching our GIS portal and I have had the pleasure to talk to Andres Ramirez, our GIS officer, about what that portal is, what it can do, what it will mean for certificate holders, for auditors, etc. I can't wait to share that episode. So that will launch first on February 1st, and then we will dive into smallholders and communities in the following one. Until then, if you want to get in touch with us or follow our work, I strongly encourage you to join our LinkedIn group. It's called FSC Digital Innovations, and it's open for everyone. You can also always get in touch with me on digitalinput at fsc.org. I'm Laura Worm, and this was Forest for the Future.